0: The other year and a half has been more of our tin or aluminum age. It's lesser. Aluminium? I'm feeling British today. That's weird.
1: Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic. I'm your host, Kyle Roderick, filling in this week for your usual host, Chris Enns. As announced a few episodes ago, I'll be filling in now and again with some fresh faces from around the world of podcasting. This week, I have the guys over at The Dirt Podcast. We've got Tim Wright, Mark Grambo, and Steve Hickey.
2: I'm Tim Wright, co-host of The Dirt and development director at Fresh Tilled Soil. Uh, We all pretty much split duties uh, semi-equally, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of the guy who does the intro and outro.
1: The Dirt is a UX podcast that covers design, user experience, and their take on the latest tech news. We talk about the personality of podcasts in their company, creating timeless content, and some really awesome virtual mixing tips. Thanks again for listening, and have a great day.
0: Semi-equally. Yeah. All participants are equal, but some participants are more equal than others.
1: So would you <laughs> consider yourself a host, Tim, or would that just be kind of you have intro duties?
2: Uh, I used to introduce myself as host uh, when we first started, probably the first hundred or so episodes, or maybe a little bit less than that, and then I stopped doing that just to kind of uh, show us more as a group. Sure. But we all know who's really the host. Well, the, yeah. the driving force if we really want to get down to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, hello. My name is Mark Grambow. I am also a co-host on the Dirt, as Tim has so clearly made clear. <laughs> Good use of language. Um, I'm a an, uh, designer and illustrator at Fresh Tilled Soil. Um, working, I'm transitioning right now away from moving uh, from working primarily on client projects to working on internal projects. Um, working oh. on a lot of our marketing events. Um, a lot of really exciting new stuff coming around the bend. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yep. and I'm Steve Hickey. I'm a user experience designer and strategist at Press-Tilled Soil, and primarily my role on the show is just to say stupid things and to instigate outlandish comments. And swear. And swear a lot, which I will try not to do here today.
0: Instigate <laughs> is good. That's that's a good...
3: Oh yeah, that that's how my family described me when I was a kid. This said, Steve, you behave well around all the adults, but you're an instigator. We know what that you know we're the reason you're the reason all your cousins fight all the time and
0: that there's outlandish incidents and things and, like.
2: That. And the reason that we have to tell guests to not bang the desk
0: as it comes <laughs> through the mic. Yeah, <laughs> Steve just angers them so much. Chief instigator. Yep, I'll take that.
1: <laughs> okay, so very clearly defined roles in the show, which I think is is interesting. Um, you guys mentioned that you've been around for about a hundred episodes. Um,
2: yeah, I, th- I think we're on 115 okay. coming up this week, something is, like that. Is
1: there a yeah. particular reason that you haven't uh, numbered the episodes on your <laughs> website?
2: <laughs> That's Yes, there is actually. When we first started, uh, we wanted to not show that we were brand new, sort of. That's what, the way it started. But after a while, um, I just saw very little value in putting out an episode number. So I said, let's just not, well, like we count them internally, but we just don't project it out. And we don't, I mean, we didn't, I don't really think we celebrated the 100th episode.
0: No, we sort of, or, we had like one subtle blog post. I think it was actually just the show notes yeah. on that episode saying, oh, hey, by the way, this is 100. Yeah. And uh, there was, uh, there was one other reason why we did it. Well, well, I would say partially it was to... Not ostracize old content to feel like we wanted to to create timeless attempt to create timeless content, and and we hit and miss sometimes. When we're more news focused, obviously it's a little more um, time sensitive. But even then, you get a snapshot of what the technology industry, what the state was at that time. Mm -hmm. But largely, we try and produce sort of educational content that's timeless. Also, I'd add that I think Tim, one of your missions early on was, uh, and we maybe got away from this, was to subvert as much uh, podcasting. Tropes as possible to get away from as many stereotypes as humanly yeah. possible. He's like, everyone has episode numbers. We don't have episode numbers, and there was a string in there where, like, we had That's very hipster. Yeah, <laughs> episode, ta- episode tangerine. Oh, yeah, Those. yeah, we started
3: naming them with yeah. nouns. There was a point where you wanted to assign random numbers to them. Yeah, we you? did that.
0: We did a couple random oh,
2: number man. episodes early on. It was like episode 87, which was actually episode 12 or something.
3: <laughs> In reality, I think we've just made it as confusing as possible for anyone who actually wants to listen.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was like a open mocking of episode numbers. They they didn't really, they show the age of the show, I guess, but beyond that, uh, if someone were to go back and, and look at episode 20 and they like maybe not listen to it because it's 15 episodes or whatever amount of episodes behind. Uh, I like to just say like, Oh, you want to listen to an episode on responsive design? Here it is. It doesn't matter that it was episode 10. It's still, it's still valid.
3: Yeah, there was also a point where we started recording like three shows a week, trying to catch up with Shop Talk. That's not
2: why we recorded three shows a <laughs> week. Oh, really? Is
3: that why? Because behind the scenes, we were making graphs of when we would intersect with Shop Talk now, and things like that. And we were <laughs> going to try to challenge them in some way.
2: We did. Uh, we tried to create shareable, more shareable content, and uh, by creating a, a more of a chapter based system, and we released three episodes a week that were shorter, like maybe 12 minute episodes. And we labeled one of them as news and one of them as design and one of them as development. So if a listener was more geared towards design, uh, they could just, they didn't have to skip through the episode. They could be like, Oh, well this is the design portion of this episode that's coming in in three actual three chunks. And I can just jump into that. That was the original. It was exhausting.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. The episodes weren't as good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, Trying to keep, trying to create timeless content like that, have you found that people dive back into your back catalog more so than kind of picking it up um, right when, say, maybe like I started listening to the podcast three months ago? Um, do you have anyone kind of emailing in or getting in touch with you guys regarding some of your first content here? I know uh, some of it is like accessibility part one, part two are you finding anyone is kind of rolling back into the back catalog and asking you guys questions about this stuff? Uh, I don't think we have really had that much interaction.
2: Well, well, we've had, it's, it's more like it's serving as an archive. Uh, If clients come to us and they have questions like, Oh, what is your stance about, for example, accessibility? You know, we can explain it to them and then we can also present them with podcast episodes. It's like, this is what we think about accessibility or this is what we think about Uh, ux in cars or of any of those episodes but yeah they're they're all tagged on the blog and they're they're pretty indexable the the idea is to create this really robust catalog of of content
3: that can serve us you know later on and we haven't done it yet but i know at one point we talked about going back through old episodes and putting together like Indexed packs of episodes would better mm-hmm. have related content, yeah. and then trying to push some of those packs. Like, here's an entire segment on uh, responsive design episodes or something. Right. You just right. listen
0: through four or five. Yeah. Um, I'd also add that we switched over to hosting the show away from purely just on our own server to hosting on Libsyn maybe about four or five months ago. Okay. I think mm-hmm. around April. April. Um, and so that's about when we started getting a little more accurate stats. So it is hard to say. Um, if we actually are seeing people play the old episodes, we don't have clear stats on the older ones. Um, what we will see once in a while, every every few days I'll see the stats jump for older episodes, and it's not like one episode. I just see all of a sudden one or two downloads for like 20 episodes in one day, when most days we'd see more like five episodes or something. It's the most recent ones. And the best I can see is that's either someone binge binging turning on their podcast oh, app. poor, poor person know, binging. Binge, binge listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're doing that. They're turning on their podcast app for the first time in two months, or it's a new subscriber. So I, I don't cl- totally know what those stats mean yet, but I, I would like to imagine that when we see those bursts, it's a new subscriber and someone going back, back into the back catalog because mm-hmm. they're saying, I'll just download the latest 20. Why not? Yeah. You know, Who knows? That's op- maybe wishful thinking, but... I wonder if people
2: burn out on us when they do it that way. They burn out on Steve. They burn out on you. For I don't blame them.
3: Sure. I certainly do. early Steve. Uh, late, lately I haven't had much of Batman voice popping up so I think I'm less annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, Steve's Steve's like grumbling rah, in the morning. Used to actually cause GarageBand to stop recording because it would <laughs> it would just yell out like, "Whoa, I'm sorry, there's just too much information coming into this microphone. I'm freaking out. I gotta take a nap."
3: Yeah, wow. I would get excited and exclaim something, and all of a sudden GarageBand would be like, "Nope, that's not happening." <laughs> over overload protection is is what we call yeah. it, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, we called it Batman resistance. There you go. <laughs> I well,
1: mean, it did usually pop up during the Batman voice. <laughs> nice. So it is. I mean, you guys are over in Boston, right?
2: Yep, just outside of Boston, Watertown.
1: I mean, having a Batman voice in the morning, I don't necessarily have it here, but I'm over in California right now, so it's seven a.m. my time, and so I try and I try and warm up my vocals in the morning. Um, to usually to no avail, I I end up needing to talk into the mm-hmm. the stream that we've got and. Making weird sounds and stuff in order to to warm my voice, but no <laughs> no garage band issues on this end.
3: Um, oh, Tim's a Tim's a big fan of that method of warm up. Tim has his <laughs> hairball routine. It's disturbing. It's uh, not that, that burpees. Display. Are we talking burpees, guys?
2: I like just like he, clear my throat before we record. He
3: sounds like he's had, like a death rattle right oh. before he starts recording. He's wow. Just like, okay, here, I'm getting all the all the horribleness out of me.
0: Professional
2: <laughs> podcasting.
0: Yeah. Come on. I don't know you guys. I I come in with my my rich my rich baritone is already just fully developed clean and clear let me you tell know, you there's the there's nothing
3: less tolerable early on a friday morning than mark launching into a long period of show tunes yeah. <laughs> as warm up
0: i wake up as like i'm like ready to go
3: i don't know how you're so cheerful but at that point in the day, all I want to do is smash a mug against your face for singing. <laughs>
0: well, there are the like once every two months or so when I come in and I just have not slept. There's been a long week and I'm just like falling asleep on my microphone. Oh, I'm completely unfiltered.
3: Those are quality days. Yeah, we we get some mm-hmm. good material out of you then.
0: And I sound a little bit like I don't know. I practically sound like Job of the Hut at that point. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: we also do about uh, about 15 minutes of warm up before the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we'll just record our casual conversation. And that's where the, we have a small clip in the beginning and the end of every show. And that's where those come from.
3: And Mark gives the best performance when he's exhausted for that. I yeah. mean, we're talking, about, we have hours and hours and hours of recordings where if anybody were to listen to them in aggregate, they'd probably think we were the worst people on earth. <laughs>
0: Certainly, Mark. <laughs> Certainly,
3: Mark. Yeah, Mark's pretty
0: terrible. <laughs> I'm the Doesn't nicest. I think people are listening. I'm the nicest person you know.
1: Well, that's the hook that gets you in, right? That's the thing that uh, right at the beginning you you hear somebody dropping something, and mm-hmm. uh, and then the song kicks in, and something about that, something about that that combination of song and uh, beginning quote is it, I just find really I don't know entrancing. I don't know if you guys would ever hear that that with your your <laughs> show, but entra- entrancing is the best best word I could think of for that. So awesome. That's a good word for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should it.
2: hear the stuff that doesn't make the cut. <laughs> we, <laughs> I really we, should, uh, yeah. yeah. We, some, we've with some. we released a couple of them, but there's like a string of really out-of-context small clips that we choose from, and we send them around the office and vote on which one should be put in the beginning or the end of the show.
0: Depending on how on our game we are in the morning or versus how exhausted and just witless we are, usually it's about anywhere from five to 20 clips that we sent around and ranging from the odd non sequiturs to the truly offensive horror clips that we just never <laughs> can ever release to the public. They get immediately deleted. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's- Actually,
3: I like that you, I like that you brought up the intro though, because that's one of those things I feel like we actually got right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we were pretty lucky. Our co- One of our co-founders, he records a lot of his own music. And so like we were able to get something he had made already. We listened through a bunch of it and that one just seems to fit. It just had the the right beat and the right rhythm and it just came in and out at the right points. It was, just, mm-hmm. it was just solid intro music.
2: Yeah, yeah, It was up between that one and one other one that was just just way too offensive song <laughs> to use as an intro. I can't even I'm not even comfortable saying the name of the song really. <laughs> but
3: it, it was a hip hop song. I, I don't ah. remember which one this is. I'm gonna have to ask you later. Yeah, oh yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> Definitely. Um so well that's interesting that you bring it up. Sending that kind of stuff around the office. Um, what is the connection to the way that the dirt is produced and the way that uh, fresh-chilled soil either came about or what's the connection between the two of those?
3: I'm not sure if there's actually a connection between how fresh-chilled soil started and how the dirt started. Basically, we hired Tim and like a month into the job, he says, hey, do you want to record a podcast? So we went and recorded the first episode. It was a video episode, and that will never be released to the public. I'll find it and release it if I can
2: get (laughs) if I can track it down. It it was was it was Steve and I sitting in front of an iMac camera, talking about dinosaurs or something. It was horrible. It was so so awkward. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah, immediately abandoned video. We just
2: the uh, the name the Dirt Fresh Tilled Soil. Before I was here, had a newsletter called the Dirt. That kind of flared up and went away, and then we were trying to brainstorm names for the show. I think one of the names was like "Idiots on a Couch" or something. (laughs) And and then uh, Richard, our CEO, suggested that we reuse the dirt name, and I thought it was.
3: We all thought it was good. Actually, I don't remember that at all. Uh, Well,
0: (laughs) there's a there's a base camp thread with naming ideas if if you look back on that. Take your word for it. Yeah, Um, and then over time, I think it. We qu- we pretty quickly got into the notion that we wanted to educate, um, and we wanted to make some timeless content combined with a little bit of subversive, uh, I don't know, chip on your shoulder kind of snark. We wanted to try and balance a little bit of witticism and snark and just being silly with education. And it as we finally got our act together and you know learned how to actually make coherent sentences like this one. Um, it eventually started to become more of the voice of the company. And, and as Tim said earlier, it's, um, there is a dedicated blog feed. However, it's integrated, uh, also in whole into our general, um, blog feed, um, on the website. It's just a category in WordPress. Yeah, right? exactly. Sure. So if you're going to our website and you're looking at our blog, you'll see an article about this, an article about that. You'll see a video interview that, uh, our CEO, Richard, did with a digital design leader of another agency. And then you'll see a podcast episode. And so it's evolved into becoming just another aspect, another uh, wing of the Fresh Tilled Soil public voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Have you, have you found that the podcast in particular has brought in clients or been kind of that point of contact for bringing in people to uh, Fresh Tilled Soil?
2: I've heard of a couple clients that have listened to the show. I don't know if they it's caused them to sign contracts. Sure. Yeah. Um, but we've we've also when we go through if we're in on sales meetings or anything, uh, and we see questions come up over and over again. Uh, one of the examples was something about it was something about mobile. Uh, you know, when to go mobile, when to go responsive, and we had that question so many times with clients that we decided to do an episode about it create the content so we can just say here, this is what we think.
3: I think it might lend us it probably lends us a little bit of credibility because I think it's obvious that we're not doing it for sales reasons or something like that. that We're just doing our thing. I mean, I've said so many awful things about Verizon and Comcast that there's clearly (laughs) no chance we'll ever work for them. So we don't care what we're saying. Right. (laughs) I think people probably perceive a little bit more authenticity out of it. Is like they can trust us on other things because we say things that are destroying our chances of working. But that, yeah. That's clients. been one of the
2: good things. I mean, we we haven't been censored. Yeah. Uh, you know, Richard prefers that we just be ourselves and and
3: say what we what, what's on our minds. Yeah. I wouldn't educate. want to do the show if there was directive coming down saying, oh, by the way, you can't say anything bad about this company that did something terrible this yeah. week.
0: Because we are hoping to court them, yeah. Um, I, I would also say that it's it's part of this broader mission of the company to educate, to be involved in the community, especially the Boston UX community. Uh, we host a lot of events at the office. Um, we are uh, uh, many of us here will go out and speak at other kinds of events. Uh, Tim and Steve have both spoken at Future Insights. Um, we've spoken at a lot of uh, events around the area. Um, so more often than not, while it may not be the thing that is, as Tim said, getting the clients, it's just one more thing where we can say. We are the experts. Not only are we making this great work, we are making these great projects for clients, but... Self-proclaimed experts well, from yeah, Mark Grambo. Well, that's what we say in sales, right? We say, hey, you're hiring people who know yeah. who know stuff. We, we know things. We have knowledge. Um, <laughs> and the podcast helps demonstrate that. He says as he places his shirt sleeve onto a pen, getting ink on his white shirt. That's how much knowledge I have. Not a video podcast. I know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> demonstrating my knowledge by narrating <laughs> my own stupidity. <laughs>
1: Awesome. OK, that's that's I find that to be really interesting, the the combination of of those two things Um kind of carrying on your own brand and your own, like you said, personality of maybe the 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 way that the whole company is kind of run is sort of the way that internally you guys all treat each other and part of the podcast and the way that the conversation is flowing in the podcast is it seems to be. Reminiscent of, of the way that the whole business is, is run. So I think that's, it acts as a very nice way of, of getting to know you guys, especially, um, but kind of understanding the way, the way that the whole business would work um, is really neat. Mm-hmm. I find that to be really interesting.
2: So cool. Yeah, I think that's one of the benefits also is yeah. just um, giving anyone on the outside, a little glimpse into the personalities of some people who work here?
0: Yeah, I think we make a decent effort as a company for Mm -hmm. it to not feel like you're hiring Fresh Tilled Soul. You are hiring a group of individuals who work well together. And that's what we try and do with the show too. It's a group of semi-disparate, but unified voices.
1: How do you decide? I mean, you said that you have three different shows sometimes where it's like design, news, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. But how do you decide on those topics? And um, how have the topics either changed over time? I see maybe some of the beginning episodes are more focused on being those, those pillars of UX focus stuff. And then more news here around starting in May. Um, what, what has been the, the evolution of that and what is its current form?
2: Oh, the, the first early shows were, we have a topic we want to talk about and we did a lot of shows just doing that. And eventually the topics kind of dry up really. We had, a, you know, we had a list of topics and we just went through them and, you know, 20 or so episodes in, we're like, Oh crap, we don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then we started getting guests. Uh, that was really helpful. Booking guests early, uh, you know, a couple weeks out is, is really helpful. Uh, Mark recently had the idea of using news as a catalyst to talk about something. I forget what the show, the next show coming out was. Oh, the, uh, design guidelines that the government just put yeah, out, yeah, yeah. you know, that was a news item that started us talking about style guides and and um, design guidelines. Uh, so that's the kind of what the news shows have morphed into. We still have the topic shows where we'll just sit around uh, before we record on a Wednesday or a Thursday and, and, Talk about what came up in the past week and if we can turn something like that into a conversation if there's no guest.
3: Yeah. Right. Uh, surprisingly often, we'll find ourselves sitting around talking about something and realize out of nowhere, like, wait a minute, we should stop talking about this because this would be a good episode and we don't want to like, waste all of that right now at lunch. Let's talk about this tomorrow morning instead. Right.
0: Yeah. We actually, even to try and catch those, tried to set up a spontaneous dirt recording. Uh, capability using GarageBand for iOS, which mm. allows you to use distributed iPhones and iPads as individual mics and then share their tracks back to a central iPad. Yeah, that was brutal. Which was brutal. just did not work. We're like, okay, all right, so we need to have this all installed, have it pre-set up so that for having conversation, we can just pull out our phones and just start talking into them, and it's a podcast. That doesn't work.
1: Is just, it done over the network, do you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think they, I think they do a little bit peer to peer. I think they're supposed to work peer to peer. I think you need Wi Fi to at least
2: the three initial, the initial hookup. We had a show mm-hmm. with, we interviewed uh, Luke Rabluski. I went down to the one of the hotels downtown to interview him, and I, there was like a setting in there that shuts off the recording after six minutes, oh. and just <laughs> and then has to sync <laughs> over the network for another six minutes, and it shut off like three times during the show. And I'm just sitting there with Luke like, I'm sorry, Luke, this is this is horrible.
0: Yeah. So our, our attempts to make the show a little more spontaneous like that have failed. Um, but last little quote on the, the content thing, Tim mentioned I'd had this notion of turning the news shows into topic shows. That was sort of a we felt a bit of uh, disparity. It felt a little uneven when we went from these shows where we were trying to shove in two or three news topics, sometimes very disparate, you know, one's about. Microsoft firing 10,000 people. And the other's about like, I don't know. Airbnb redesign. Yeah, like, oh, fun. you know We we felt like these things were feeling a little desperate, disparate, a little bit of both, Um, while the topic shows, we had trouble consistently coming up with, with ideas. And this new format of trying to use news as a catalyst was a way to try and smooth out the shows all around so that every show, even if it is a topic show, is driven by something at least slightly topical. So it'll let us, A, feel contemporary and accessible to someone right now. We can say, oh, hey, there was this new thing that came out. Let's talk about it, but let's talk about the larger place it fits in in, in design and development without also feeling like if you were to go back in five months, I can't listen to that show because it's only about that you know current event mm-hmm. for the week. We want to try and find a balance.
3: I mean, for me, the old, the old news shows always felt like we were being sort of stiff and preachy. It was like, okay, we're reading you a report of something you've probably already read about. yeah. And it was just really boring. And the best, <laughs> the best shows has always seemed to be the ones where we just have sort of outlandish conversations with each other. Maybe there's a little bit of disagreement going on. So trying to move the news shows in the directions of inspiring a conversation instead of just being one of us talking while the other two go, oh, uh-huh, that sounds
2: good. Steve banging his fists about net neutrality. <laughs> yeah there's
1: been some of that (laughs) interesting good
0: reason good reason on that fist banging that's fist bang worth worthy topic
1: that is a lot of content to be uh in charge of every week in order to put that kind of stuff out how how is that managed right now i mean three shows or two to three shows a week with guests with you know recording and production and sending stuff around the office Mm -hmm. and you guys are, are obviously doing full-time jobs and working, working for the agency. Um, how has that been? How do you manage that? Cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay.
2: Yeah. It's, um, well, I mean, we, we split the duties. We'll do say we do, we're on kind of a two recording schedule now. So if we do two recordings, uh, right after the show, uh, I'll do the editing for the show. We'll cut up the B-roll, which is, actually takes longer than editing the actual show often because I actually have to listen to the whole show or the whole B-roll. And um, we'll cut it up, send out the the MP3 for people to vote. Uh, and then while the MP3 is being voted on, I'll do like a soft edit of the rest of the show. I don't really... Sensor anything so there's not a whole lot of editing unless something comes up specifically that says oh that needs to be edited. We had up like a mic pop or something that right. needs to be fixed.
0: And we'll note that usually during the show. We'll say okay 3317 mm-hmm. you know we take note of it and then we can go back just to make that edit faster. Mm-hmm. We used to edit more. Early yeah. on we were going in and chopping stuff and yeah. it just it took too much time and honestly we were we were not as good at it, frankly, at just putting together a show. We are better at keeping a good pace mm-hmm. and, and such. But uh, while I'm editing the show, Steve
2: will be writing the blog post for it, and then we'll put it up on Libsyn once the the post is ready. And then we'll schedule the WordPress posts to go out. I think we're on Monday, Wednesday schedules now. But it takes about between recording and editing and writing the 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 content and everything. It takes about four hours.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. yeah it it's actually that, not think, that bad. Yeah, it used to take us turn a lot around. longer. Yeah, we we've we've got it pretty much down to a science at this point. I think whenever we make a decision about something that's going to be changed, we're always trying to err on the side of making it faster. Like we're not like like doing video. I think would end up being a lot worse. Not just because it would take longer to edit video because of rendering times and stuff like that, but because I think we would probably feel more inclined to actually try to get stuff out of there and like dress nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing that. It's Friday. I'm not dressing nicely. There
0: was a good six to eight months in which we were having it be sort of a dress-up Friday, and at least Tim and I were coming in. What's this we thing? Well, Tim Tim and I, at the very least, were coming in in a nice dress shirt and a tie, and there mm -hmm. may be five or six other people around the office, but then it just sort of fizzled out. Frankly,
2: but to (laughs) say the managing the content isn't as has been surprisingly not that bad.
0: Yeah, I think we've we've calculated this point. If you can aggregate our hours together, we're probably looking at around ten hours a week. Okay. Um, yeah, because there's also, you know, around Wednesday or so Thursday, if we're really tight, but hopefully around Wednesday, we'll sit down um, and get together and just say, okay, let's talk about the big stories this week. Let's talk about, you know, sort of soft plan the show, find our themes. Mm-hmm. Um, we we'll, have a Google doc template that we use uh, okay. for every, yeah. We'll
2: put both, both shows in one Google doc. If we have a guest, we'll share it with the guest and, we just kind of collaboratively throw bullet points in of what we want to talk about and then just let the conversation flow from there.
1: What Tim's trying to say is we kind of half-ass the whole thing. We don't half-ass. The
2: whole thing. <laughs> it's not, not to it, swear during the show, Steve. It's
1: not, no, uh, no, it's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm, I find that to be pretty interesting. Um, do you guys ever have guests in studio or is it all over Skype usually?
2: We have had some people come in. We, we At the beginning, the first guest was actually here. And we didn't expect them, I think, and we didn't have enough mics.
0: We didn't (laughs) have enough
2: hookups or something. But I think we worked that out since then, and we've had maybe a
0: handful of people actually come in. They're yeah. local. They'll come. Yeah, down. I'd say like twenty percent of guests are are in studio.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to get the full dirt experience when you come in here. You can come into our dingy closet and
1: record with us. Yeah.
0: It's a very lovely closet. Um, <laughs> it has a mural, a very beautiful mural.
1: Still a closet. Well, we can <laughs> um, we can actually get into some of the uh, the gear that you guys use a little bit more technical behind behind the scenes kind of stuff if you'd like. Um, you guys mentioned WordPress. Has the show always been on WordPress, or how are there any plugins in particular that you're using to to manage uh, posting those links over from Libsyn or anything like that?
2: Uh, we've always used WordPress. It's just a, a category called podcast. Uh, we have custom headers for it.
0: Yeah, and that's honestly, frankly, because our site freshdilsoil.com is run on WordPress, and yeah, so right. we want to be yeah. part of that same infrastructure. And,
2: and the the RSS feed that gets outputted by WordPress goes into FeedBurner. And the, yeah, and we don't use the Libsyn feed at all. Mm-hmm. So so we can put stuff into Libsyn beforehand and just publish it straight out. And and I think a couple people are subscribed to the Libsyn RSS feed, but it's it's maybe like five or six, so it's not that big of a deal. If that if our content leaks out early, <laughs> okay. God, God forbid. <laughs> but,
1: so is uh, that is then, that somebody digging into the the Libsyn feed? Through the, the file name, probably, and pulling that out? Yeah, or, okay. yeah
2: prob- probably. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, it doesn't really bother
0: us. You know what? Right. Good for them. I yeah, think. Good for them, indeed. Right. They're this, industrious.
2: The stats come through Libsyn anyway, so we're not missing any stats. Right. The, the feed burner right. statistics were a little too erratic. We would see, like, uh, fluctuations by, like, 50 or 100 subscribers week to week, and we're like, there's no way that it it's fluctuating that much.
0: Yeah. yeah, Libsyn is giving us a clearer picture. Hmm.
1: Strange. Yeah, I've I've dealt with with Feedburner and um, oh, what's what is the other one? There's there's another feed service that I can't think of off the top of my head. But everyone's telling you to get away from Feedburner because Google, you know, it's Google could be shutting it down at any yeah. any moment. Yeah. And I've always been always yeah. been wary about that, especially with the combination of of Libsyn and Feedburner. I, but not enough not enough for me, at least personally, to change change the way that I've been doing it.
2: Yeah, I mean it seems fine. I mean, worst case scenario, we'll just take the the uh the WordPress feed and, and plug it into iTunes. Right.
1: Right. Well it's yeah. that's actually one thing I wanted to ask you guys. Um the way that iTunes manages your uh postings, it says it has the last five episodes, but beyond that there's no back catalog.
0: Right. Really? Um
1: I don't know well, if that's, that's something uh,
0: that we need to look into. That's, that's a problem. <laughs> that's news to us, professional podcasters. Oh, well, it's probably because yeah.
2: Steve keeps swearing and we don't mark <laughs> the episodes as explicit.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> I, I find, you know, that's, that's really interesting. Is there a, a reason behind that or just not part of the, the feed burner uh, abilities to do that no, on it's, your end? It's,
2: it's in Libsyn. There's a, uh, okay. an explicit thing. I just don't. I don't know. I just don't so do that, it. I don't know. Checking
1: that
3: box that extra half second of effort is too much.
2: I kind of want Apple to reprimand us, to be honest.
3: <laughs> want some recognition. Off. Yeah, that's right. If yeah. they ever did that, I would print that email out and frame it.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. We, we had a discussion about that a while back. This was a year or two ago. I don't remember really what drove it, but I just remember thinking, we're not intentionally saying horrible things as much as humanly possible, nor do either any of us particularly feel that the concept of swear words is a particularly... I don't know. Explicit thing. Yeah, I just I I I'm, I'm a I am offended by words that specifically are derogatory and tear down individuals. Right. But Just words that are just like, ooh, that's bad. I don't know. It just doesn't bug me. So I'm like, screw you. I'm not calling this explicit. These are just words. You can deal with it.
3: I think it's the job of parents to be monitoring the UX podcast their children are listening to for content.
0: (laughs) Completely agree.
1: You know, Steve has summed it
2: up perfectly. If there's ever nudity on the show, I'll definitely mark it as explicit. There you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is time to thank our good friends over at Campaign Monitor who tell us that sending email doesn't need to be a chore. They make it fun, easy, and beautiful, Campaign Monitor does. If you need to send an email campaign in a hurry, you can try something completely new. It's called Canvas, and it gets you started with a range of beautifully designed templates and an infinite number of layout choices. The possibilities using Canvas are endless. They make it quick and easy, where Canvas takes care of all the stuff you expect just to work, so you can focus on your content instead of worrying about the layout. That includes automatic image resizing, perfect typography, and their innovative spacer tool. let move things around super easy. It looks stunning on mobile, so no more single-column layouts to make emails mobile-friendly. They came up with a new coding technique, so everything that you create on Canvas is automatically responsive for every device. With Canvas, they've created a range of flexible layouts so you can easily create truly unique email designs, based on your content without needing to code the email from scratch. Check it out. Canvas.cm. A special thank you to Campaign Monitor for supporting good stuff. Um, so, well, let's let's get into a little bit of your your setup, guys. Um, if you want, you can start at the go work from the mic down. Uh, you said you have three mics set up in the studio. Has it always yep. been that way?
3: Um.
1: I think we started with one.
2: Yeah, we started with one, one or two snowballs. Just like
0: running omnidirectionally, it was pretty. It
2: was was really bad, (laughs) dreadful. (laughs) Um, Steve and I are on Yetis, and Mark is on a snowball.
0: Yeah, and honestly, any lack of investment, uh, like I really should just be getting a freaking Yeti, is despite the fact that this is part of the voice of fresh tilled soil, it still sometimes feels a little bit like a money pit to us. Like we feel like I don't feel, oh, yeah. feel guilty asking for like, Hey, can I have a hundred bucks to buy a mic? Um, because <laughs> you know, we're throwing 10 hours a week and all that kind of jazz. Right. I think we um, spend more money than that, than, than, uh, than that on beer every week. Yeah, yeah. it's true. <laughs> um, but in any case, so yeah, Tim and Tim and Steve are on, on Yeti's I'm on a snowball. And then we have one other snowball that we reserve for, for guests. Um, and this is my personal snowball, the one that we reserve for guests, and it's broken for whatever reason. It only has one channel, and it's weirdly <laughs> yellowed from like sitting Here. in my window and taking in the sun. So it really makes guests feel special. Yeah. What I'm also,
3: to say. you can't touch the cord on that one by accident, or oh, else yeah. it will stop recording and break the whole show.
2: Yeah. So again, professional <laughs>
0: podcasting.
2: We were all on, on snowballs originally, and then I broke the the connector off of mine.
0: Oh, yeah. The actual, the USB port in the back of the snowball actually came out.
2: Yeah. And then that's that's when we started. I was like, forget it. I'm just going to buy a Yeti.
0: That that was back when we had the explicit tag. Tim was just saying such foul things that the microphone just, its butt just fell out, basically.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> Tim's dude- very proud of his Yeti, too. He thinks it's better than mine because mm. it's a slightly different shade of gray. It's platinum, Steve. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's got the built-in stand, right? It's It's got the, yeah. that swivel stand, um, do the, let's see, I'm not familiar with them uh, that much, but do the blue snowballs have, blue? Uh, walking into a, anyway, do the blue snowballs have a way to live monitor yourselves? Like is everyone listening to themselves right now through the microphones themselves or are you going through some sort of mixer?
0: Well, actually, so what we're doing is, Today, actually, we have no monitor due to the crazy witchcraft that I had to brew up in order to get all three of our mics to be recognized by Skype. Um, But most days, uh, while the Yetis have a line out for microphone, the Snowball does not. It's purely a a USB jack in the back, and we'll do monitoring through GarageBand, through the live monitoring, and Ah. using uh, just an audio jack splitter. Um, coming out of the back of the uh, iMac that we're going into. And the fun thing about the splitter is that
3: one of the six lines out of it doesn't work. So every day, and we've never thought to mark it, you know, just draw a little X on it or something. So we always just have to guess whether no, we, we to play a game. No, called, we did. Does we this did. jack not work or do I just have to twist my plug a little we bit? We did
2: at one point, but it's it's, it's like smooth
3: plastic off. and it rubbed off. Yeah.
2: Because I rub it apparently a lot. I don't know. Yeah. But mark, mark actually did do a really good job with the tech setup and I've been trying to get him to write... <laughs> A blog post about it for months.
0: Priorities, months. Man. Um, yeah, so I guess so. We've got the three mics. They all run in over USB to a, to an iMac. We've got a 2000 mid 2011 27 inch iMac. There we okay. go. No, I'm sorry. This is a 2009. In any case, uh, it's got four USB ports in the back. So we've got a USB port dedicated to each mic, including that that guest mic. Um, we have a audio MIDI set up. The app on on the Mac um, aggregating those four mics into, uh, an aggregate device, uh, software instrument. Um, and GarageBand sees that as its input. Uh, we then set up multiple tracks and designate, um, the various inputs, uh, for each track. So GarageBand sees essentially, and you've probably gone over this with other, other, uh, podcast hosts, other guests. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically the aggregate device, GarageBand sees like an eight track, um, audio device right. so tracks right. one and two or Tim, three and four or steve etc um that is basically it for the shows that's just us um and that's pretty straightforward once skype comes into it uh we've got call recorder running to record the show as a backup but actually we've gotten a way to get skype to run directly into GarageBand as well mm. um using soundflower which again right. i'm sure a lot of folks have used. Um, and we will set um, Skype's input usually as just the IMAX mic or we'll use that fourth mic on omnidirectional um, because by default, Skype will not see multiple mics. We'll set Skype to you know use one of those just to get the room so that the person on the other end can hear all three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Skype's output, we set to the two-channel Soundflower uh, software instrument. We make Soundflower part of the aggregate device and then we set up an additional track and garage band um, And that one is designated to the Soundflower track. So we have GarageBand recording the Skype track in there and then also monitoring there. So we get the monitor from just as we get for ourselves. We are hearing the caller come through GarageBand as well.
2: Yeah, We've wow. had pretty
0: good luck with the the Skype
2: quality yeah. since we started that. Every once in a while it'll kind of get choppy and uh, we've got away from the habit of asking guests to also record on their end, but we... For a while, we were having guests also record and then then cutting it in.
0: Yeah, and we'll do that based on, honestly, their proximity to us. If someone is calling from a place with not great internet connectivity, such as uh, we had the folks from Dark Sky, and one of them was in upstate New York and, like, in a cabin. Yeah. His internet connection, not so great. Or we've had um, uh, folks from, um, oh, Ivan from uh, Croatia. Code Anywhere was in Croatia. So we're like, okay, that's a longer distance. Why don't you ha- record your end just in case there's any uh, hiccups? But with the way that this setup comes in, because Skype comes into GarageBand as its own track, it's already lined up perfectly, which is great. Right. Um, and if we need to drag in an extra, we're just lining up waveforms. Yeah, and we uh, we normally try and do video. Yeah. Just for, just for us, so we can
2: look at the the person, and we have hand signals when we talk, so we don't. Well, sometimes so we, we don't talk. talk
0: over each other. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we'll. <laughs> so if, like, I'm talking, and and Mark wants to come in. He'll just kind of put his hand with his hand up. And so I know that I can stop talking and Mark will come in. And if I'm just talking to fill dead air, which unfortunately does sometimes happen that we have a hand motion where I'll say like, okay, jump in, like jump in at any point. Yeah. Um,
1: So you've got your own, your own kind of internal signals for uh, audio only podcasts where you're talking to two other guests and needing to make sure that the, the conversation is flowing correctly. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, early on, Tim insisted that we all learn American Sign Language, but we just never really jumped <laughs> on that boat. And so instead, we just have, you know, raise the hand, come in, yeah. rotate hands for, we're running out of time. Yeah, we just come up yeah. with our own Yeah, we have like signals. a let's
2: wrap it up signal.
0: Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Interesting. So you guys are, I mean, that is almost a purely digital setup in terms of um, getting everything mixed down into one file. Um yeah. yep. Wow. How, so how did you stumble upon that? Was that just a lot of Googling? Um, what was the reason, other than maybe uh, budget-wise, to go, over, to go purely digital over getting, say, like a small Behringer mixing board or anything like that?
3: Well, none of us really have any experience with audio production at all, okay. so it seemed logical to us to try to use only the tools we had available, rather than to try to buy something none of us actually understood how to use. Right? Yeah, and
2: we we actually used a mixer for the first couple shows, we did. and yeah, we, and the uh, our co-founder Alex was the one who was working it because he had the experience, and we just couldn't pull him in every episode right so we, we we played with it a little bit we're like you know why don't we just try and go straight into garage band
0: yeah it's funny because we're, we're in this room and i'm looking at two nice m audio speakers uh focus right you know mixing and like external audio thing all these xlr cables uh, a whole bunch of guitars and amps you know alex comes up here and does these crazy recordings of voice and guitar and keyboard and all this stuff and makes crazy stuff but we don't know how to use all this stuff we actually we also have logic because that's what alex uses but mm-hmm. we're like you know it's a little beyond us um and i had had experience the most experience i think of anyone in here was just me in garage band a in college i was doing acapella for several years i was the musical director of an acapella group and so i would sit with the audio engineer as we were putting together our, our albums and editing things so i got a little bit over his shoulder but then i would also for my own you know, goofy hobby. Be recording myself doing multi-track acapella singing. You know, four-part barbershop harmony, like a real lady killer that I am. <laughs> um, and uh, so, I was used to doing multi-track recording yeah. uh, locally like that. Um, and also, honestly, in the end, we just like a good puzzle. I think as much as we want to keep things simple, I was really, I, I just looked at this thing. I'm thinking, okay, we can do this. We can get GarageBand to see multiple mics. We can get Skype to hear us. We can we can do mm-hmm. this. I can figure this out. And we stumbled on Soundflower yeah. and, and all this jazz. And it's nice.
2: I mean, I don't. I don't think the quality has suffered. I think when we when no. we got our level of audio quality to where we are now, I think it's been pretty pretty nice. The only thing that I've noticed is sometimes the volume is a little low, like yeah. the overall the master
0: mm-hmm. volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we still should work on that. We we would benefit from buying some pop filters. Yeah. Um. So we're not just p- 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 all the time. Sorry, listeners. Um. And then I, I think. Lastly, we, we were getting set up yesterday in advance of this. We're thinking, okay, this time instead of having one guest onto our show, all three of us are guests on another show. So we want to we make sure that we're giving you good audio. We're like, well, we could record locally and give you the audio afterwards, um, but we really wanted to let you be able to hear the three of us um, through our mics. And as I said earlier, Skype by default will only see one microphone. So right. goddammit, how are we going to do this? Um, and as I was looking around, the only solution I found was someone mixing Soundflower and Audio Hijack Pro. And I'm like, you know, I like the guys that wrote Rogue Amoeba, but I'm not going to spend $32 today on software. I know I can figure this out uh, just with the tools we have. And so Steve and I are poking for a while. And we figured it out. And the only downside is that we are not recording your track locally, but that's Mm. fine. It's your show. You can have our tracks. Um, And we don't have monitors on ourselves today. So we just have to trust our own instincts, I think, on volume. But we have a multi-track recording of our stuff. And yeah, so we're getting all three tracks here and you're hearing us instead of from the one ambient mic like we'd normally do. You're hearing all of our mics individually.
1: Right. Well, wow. That is that's awesome. Uh, that's honestly something that I have been trying to figure out and I've sort of done the opposite of, of what you guys have done. And I gave in to going all totally analog and plugging different cables in because I knew exactly how that was being routed. Um, so I've, it's, it's interesting to, to kind of have the same, same problem solving um, tactics, I guess, just taking that two different, Completely different ways. Um, so, but you sound great on this end.
2: Well, thank you. Well, thank Thanks.
1: You. <laughs> you should have seen. You should have seen some of the early setups. when I think when we were still
3: on trying to use a single mic for all of us, the uh-huh. first thing we'd do in the conference room we'd set up in was just toss our coats all over the place to try to oh, yeah. deaden the echoes and well, things that was, like that. And we well, still
0: should do that because no single room in this office or in the office that we were in up until last January, we moved about a year and a half ago. No rooms, not a single one had good acoustics. Everything is just an... Echo orgy, it's just crazy.
3: For a couple of months, we had a whole bunch of uh, old cardboard boxes that we would strew around the room mm. in random positions to try to deaden all the echoes. <laughs> I don't know why we
2: stopped that. We actually we did a recording in my apartment once where we we used a uh, an inflatable mattress as a sound barrier.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that so, that would that should work pretty well, though. I mean, your right? whole your whole setup is very very modular in that. You don't have any, basically, any equipment to take with you other than the microphones. So you can end yeah. up, you can end up taking your setup really anywhere.
0: Yeah. The only, the main issue we've run into is we, we've had one or two episodes where it's like, oh, hey, actually, guys, we're uh, the someone else in the company say we have to use the upstairs conference room, which is like right next to the room we record in. So we mm. didn't want to have sound bleed. So like, all right, fine, we'll we'll go to another room. And like, all right, well, we're not gonna lug a twenty seven inch freaking iMac downstairs. And so like, oh, we'll just use one of the MacBook Pros. Um, but the retina macbook pros that we've got around the office only have two usb ports right and so we can't get all three mics in and then we tried using uh a a us an external usb audio hub uh, usb hub um, but we didn't have any powered hubs which i think was the main problem and so what ended up happening was that it didn't recognize the multiple audio sources on that hub Um, maybe it would work better if we had a Dedicated powered hub, so we're portable, but we haven't quite figured out how to get the laptop to work right. um, as a portable setup. Yeah, we cannot replicate the setup for some reason. Yeah, um, but yeah, most of the most of the routing is going on as a computer. Most of our our rat's nest here is just the you know three to four mic cables, the headphone cable, and then the splitter. Otherwise, it's it's mostly going on internally. Um, I don't know. I I think to your point, uh, Kyle, of having to just routing it externally. I feel like I'm doing that, but in the computer. I have to really visualize the audio is coming from here to there. Um,
2: You're internally, externally... Routing. routing. I Mm -hmm. I have a
0: really fascinating and complex brain, Tim. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just brilliant. Um, So for the way that we've got this one going today, if you want to get into the the technical details of it, we have GarageBand... We have the three mics set as an aggregate device um, that – no, actually, no, we don't. Oh, my God, I've already forgotten my own crazy freaking setup. Okay, so um, the mics are – yeah, the mics are an aggregate device as usual – GarageBand sees them, we have the three tracks going. The difference is that we have GarageBand's output instead of going to the system default of going to the headphones. Mm -hmm. We have the system, the GarageBand output going to the Soundflower 2 channel. Right. So it basically turns those three mics into a single channel. We then make that the input for Skype. So Skype is still only seeing one channel, but uh, GarageBand is basically acting as the funnel to turn those three channels into one. Um, that's almost exactly and,
1: what I'm doing on my end. I've got I've got you know, uh, Soundflower and uh, a program called Line In uh, that's mm-hmm. pulling my microphone line into Soundflower, kind of routing that signal, and then Skype has the Soundflower channel, and so you're hearing like a a fully analog system that's just being pulled in through um, through a Thunderbolt cable. So it's very yeah. very similar. I think you you and I are are on the same page with all this. Eye to eye. That's right. Yep. Well, well, awesome. That's highly technical. And and that's the kind of stuff I love getting into. Um, if you don't mind, let's move on to uh, talking about what podcasts you guys listen to. If you do listen to any podcasts, I know me, me personally, I listen to a whole bunch of podcasts, being a podcast creator myself, just to kind of try and maybe better you know, bet you want to best yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what are some of the podcasts that you guys uh, personally listen to? And how do you listen to them, either apps or on the computer or on the web page?
2: Um, I listen to UX podcast because we we did a crossover show with them, which was really fun. Um, there's a, another crossover we did with Fun Size podcast, mm-hmm. which I think is called Hustle now. I listen to them. They're, they're kind of sporadic in, in their output. So we'll see maybe one a month out of them. Uh, I got into Welcome to Night Vale a while ago, but there I was just too far behind, and and it's kind of a continuous story. But so I didn't. I kind of dropped off of that, mm-hmm. and then Shop Talk. I listened to them.
1: Well, you're you're <laughs> in constant battle with them, obviously. Well, so you need you need to know the competition. In our heads, we yeah. We're in, I'm not
0: sure they're aware of the battle that's raging. I think right. they're like the great beast with the big armor, and we're like you know shooting peas at them with, from a slingshot. Uh-uh. Ha ha what is that what's that vague itching feeling <laughs> I, you know, I text um i listen to uh I've actually moved away a lot from um listening to tech tech podcasts. I felt I was overwhelming myself with tech podcasts. I still listen to a few
1: mm-hmm.
0: um I listen to uh accidental tech podcast um and I listen intermittently to debug um as with uh, bah, 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 as well as uh, UX podcast and Fun Size, largely I listen to um, a lot of NPR stuff. I listen to Planet Money, uh, on the media, This American Life. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, and a few other ones that I really love. Uh, Slate has one called Lexicon Valley, which is uh, entirely about language, which I. Really love, I don't know, I like all these language and culture things. Mm-hmm. That's a lot about etymology and, and things like that. There's one called Life of the Law, which is also a little sporadic, maybe about once a month, but really interesting uh, storytelling into the law. 99% Invisible, which is a really, really freaking outstanding design podcast. Any designers, architects, people, you'll really love it. It's design with storytelling. Um, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I listen to. So, <laughs> I
1: mean, you guys, so, the apps, was, the apps that you guys are listening to, each of those on? Oh, Sure.
0: Oh, um, I just listen to it on iTunes. Okay, you know, on on the computer. I'm and I'm using the podcast, the built in podcast app on uh, iOS. I've also um been trying out recently Marco Arment's uh, Overcast. Mm-hmm.
3: I think I'm the only one out of the three of us. I don't okay. actually listen to any podcasts. <laughs> I've uh, I've tried it a couple times, and like I'll go through spurts where I'll listen to one podcast for a week or so, and then I sort of just forget about it for a while. I don't know. It just, it isn't conducive to my work or anything like that. Like not saying I wouldn't learn anything from it. I'm saying I don't, if I'm working, I'm not absorbing the content. And if I'm actually mm-hmm. in a position to listen to it, and I'm not working. There's other things I'd rather be doing. Well,
0: that's fair. I mean, I, I run into similar issues. I will not listen to things for an entire week just due to the kind of week I'm having. If I'm biking to work instead of driving, I'm not listening. You know if I'm working on really verbal stuff if I'm writing or or the one day every year that I'm doing some code uh I can't yeah. listen to verbiage. I can listen to music maybe um I like listening to podcasts when doing more visual work, and that's mm-hmm. the time when I can sometimes I also shut my eyes and watch Seinfeld <laughs>
2: just, so uh what Seinfeld podcast <laughs> okay, it's just on
0: um, just reruns in your head
2: no, it's like right in front of the t v eyes closed. Seinfeld. Oh, you've, con-
0: you've uh, manually converted it into you, a podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's not as good. Really,
1: really, really simple. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> it's like quite the tech setup.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, awesome. Um, so, well, I mean, it sounds like you guys have a lot to, to manage otherwise. Uh, so finding a, finding time even for producing your own podcast plus listening to other podcasts, I, I totally understand. Um, that can be hard to manage. It's, you want to be, I mean, especially shows like shop talk and, and fun size and all those other guys, you want to make sure you're up on what all the other indie podcasts are kind of doing around you. Um, and having crossover episodes like you guys have had, I think those have been some of my, my favorite ones. The ones where you interview people. Um, mm-hmm. I do enjoy also just kind of the off the cuff, uh, conversations regarding, uh, topical, you know, today news tech topics. Um, yeah, just in general, I've I've really enjoyed the the way that the show has has flowed with you guys. And um oh, thank you. Thank I, you. I did want to thank you very much for coming on to show me your mic today. Um you guys can follow the dirt show over at the dirt show on Twitter, uh fresh com slash the dirt. And uh you guys have a an event coming up pretty soon, don't you?
2: We do. We actually have two events. We have Refresh Boston which is a, a meetup. Uh, Matt Marquis is going to give a talk about responsive images. That's on September 18th. And then we have UX Fest, which is Mark's thing.
0: Yeah, so, uh, UX Fest is uh, a full-day event on October 1st. We've got a number of, uh, of really great speakers, um, two simultaneous tracks, uh, a really great panel or two that we put together. Um, that's on October 1st. You can get there at freshtilledsoil.com slash UX And actually the day before, on September 30th, we also have uh, sort of connect with UX Fest uh, for a separate t- ticket purchase a 4 hour i want to say a long a, t- a good half day workshop with mm-hmm. Steve Fisher on responsive content modeling which looks really cool and that's already i think almost half sold out because it's a smaller set you know you're really getting a little closer to a more workshop like one on one um environment mm-hmm. um, i would i would have said there's half tickets available interesting i'm a glass half full kind of guy yes ah uh, i see what you I mm-hmm. uh, see i'm trying to build urgency yeah. it's it's a sales thing oh you know, only fifty percent left.
1: So if you Back guys now. if you guys are in the area, go check those out. Uh, everything that we have talked about in this episode will be available over at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM slash forty-seven. You can also follow the show, SMYM underscore FM on Twitter. Thanks again, guys, for coming on and uh, and taking the time today. Oh, thank
2: you for having us. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks, Al. Yeah. So. Thank you.